I'm Liren Garhi, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter, to feeling laughed at, to their no laughing matter moments in life. And I sat down, I sat, I'm going to start getting emotional now, I sat down with a piece of paper and a pen and I just started writing on the piece of paper, I was like, what do I care about? And I just wrote down family, friends, and I was like, I love fitness and I love presenting and I wrote them down and I basically decided with three pillars. I was like, I'm, I'm going to surround myself with my family and friends. I'm going to try my best to start doing presenting and hosting. And I'm also going to create a fitness app and try and put fitness out there, right? And also then I have my brand deals as well to kind of align with those things. And I'm just going to go hell for letter. Presenter, rugby player and Love Island winner, Greg O'Shea is my guest this week. I am so grateful to Greg for his honesty in our chat. I truly believe what he has to say about asking for help when he encountered his own mental health struggles will be massively helpful to many people, particularly men. But it is important to note this conversation involves discussion about suicidal feelings. Greg's story is his own, but a note as well that any changes to prescribed medication should be done under medical supervision. For any advice or help, the HSE have a full list of mental health services and supports on their website. Greg and I also chatted about casually turning down six-figure endorsement deals, his one Love Island regret, and how he's always been babied by all the women in his life. Bless him. I'm so delighted to tell you that this season of the Laughs of Your Life podcast is once again brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco. Pop in for the weekly shop and step out in style with a new wardrobe this autumn winter. Bertie and I are ploughing around the Phoenix Park at the moment. My favourite time of year to do it with the colours and the crunchy leaves. You can really feel that nip in the air though. But whether it's autumn winter walks in the park or a night out with friends, FNF has the perfect gear for every occasion. If you're like me, I bet you'll absolutely love whipping out the club card at the tills for the scan so you can rack up the club card points and also enjoy club card offers like the one from this Thursday, the 29th of September, which means 25% off all clothing for club card holders. All the way until Sunday night, the 2nd of October. That is the entire weekend. So customers can embrace the season by visiting one of 80 Tesco stores nationwide. And now for my chat with Greg O'Shea. I hope you enjoy. Greg O'Shea. You are extremely welcome to the Laughs of Your Life podcast. Thanks so much for having me on. I've actually been surprised I haven't been on earlier, dear. Yeah, that was the first thing you said when I asked you. You were like, well, it's about time. Yeah, because last time we were on air together, this isn't really on air, but was in 2FM. Yeah. And you had the podcast then. I was like, surely Darren's going to ask me. <laughs> this is when I'm like having my 15 seconds of fame. She needs me on this podcast. <laughs> and she didn't ask. I was like, if, offended. But now I'm here three years later. <laughs> because I thought it was only going to be 15 minutes. I was like, no one's going to care by the time the episode's released. You missed the boat. Like, I'm so irrelevant now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's great to have you. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing it. No, thanks for having me on. Um, And we should actually maybe give a bit of background like where that all started, right? So I was in 2FM one day. Mm. You rock in. Yeah. You were getting a bit of a tour around the place. And I was like, hey, how's it going on there? And you were like, hey, how's it going? And we started chatting. And then the boss of 2FM was like, mm, two of you come into the office for a second. And he was like, right, Greg, you're going to be the fill-in. Did you have any idea what was going on that day? No idea. I didn't have a clue either. I was just told to come in. By your management brought me in there and I was just like just chit chat and talk just meet people but yeah. it was like a 
what, undercover interview kind of thing? It was basically like weird. Yeah, yeah. we were part of this plan that we had no idea about. <laughs> Everyone was watching us talk to each other. I know. Yeah, in hindsight, that's actually really creepy. But then what, <laughs> two days later, we were live on air, which in hindsight was crazy out of RT. They just threw me into the deep end and you were learning how to do what the desk, the desk what you call yeah, it yeah. it was just like like do you know uh, the analogy of a duck on water and then legs kicking underneath yeah. that was us <laughs> especially you trying to babysit me at 5am in the morning like oh my god that was it was mad when we think back in it but we I think we got on grand no we did well the the what viewership or listenership <laughs> was through the roof <laughs> 2FM if you're listening you need to get me back in through the roof honestly I don't think stats have been back to that level since just saying <laughs> Don't right. look as great, Carl's Cal- great. Like, Calm no. down, Greg. <laughs> Calm yourself. No, no it went no, it went really well. And I actually remember when the listenership figures came out, and you kind of obviously you weren't in that industry. You didn't really know like how important they are and how they're like gospel. And I remember producer Grace and me being like, "No, Greg, this is like this is daddy. Like we've done really well." <laughs> I didn't have a clue. Like honest, <laughs> I still don't have a clue to this day. I just really enjoyed it, to be honest. And it was great crack. Yeah, it was, and it was good. So that's that's where the friendship began. And uh, now we're here. Yeah. And I want to hear all about the laughs of your life. Because you've done so many interviews mm. over the years. But we haven't, there's a couple of things we haven't heard. And so we're going to dig deep today. Okay. Yeah, this is the first podcast interview I've ever had to do homework for. Well, dear. I'm delighted you did the homework. I was actually like low-key nervous because I remember I was chatting to you and I won't name the previous guest you had on, but you were like, that little fecker didn't do the work. It was so clear when he was on that he hadn't done the work. And I was like, if I ever go on, I better do my homework. And then I got double emailed by the backroom staff here. And I sat down and completed it. I have my homework here in front of me. So and aren't you delighted you did it? I actually am. I okay. actually am. Okay, yeah. Greg O'Shea, your first memory of laughter. My first memory of laughter. So I actually have a bit of content to go with this one. So I, when I was a kid, we can look it up on my Instagram. I'll get it there. Um, when I was a kid, I used to just always just burst into convulsions of laughter, like uncontrollably so, and be really infectious, but I'd bring it to the point where I'd be, I'd make myself get sick, like, and I'd be puking. <laughs> so my sisters would like nearly try to stop me like laughing because they knew they was going to get sick. And there's a video of, of it here. So if you go onto my Instagram page and into the guide <laughs> section, and my mom posted this. Um, so this is just- So the what section? The of a guide section on my Instagram where you can just put like your favorite posts up. Guide? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Get with it, man. When you come on. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go into my so if you go into my page and okay, the third one across guide. Go into guide on, on Yeah, Greg's scroll page. down. This is an audio podcast, yeah, Greg, by the way. And then let's move that. You see that? So I'm coughing there. That's when I start getting sick. Like. I start puking. Well, in that one, I didn't start puking. That's usually what would happen. And I'm laughing at my sisters there. A, the longer form video is my sisters singing like a Britney Spears song or something. And I'm just laughing my head off at both so of them. Cute. Yeah, my mom was the long form video. So um, oh that's God. probably my earliest memory. Yeah. When you think of a happy childhood, like that's what you'd love to be able to picture. Just absolutely laughing your head off. Yeah, it was really, I get on really well with my two, with my whole family. I have two older sisters from the baby boy. So I'm obviously spoiled around. Yeah. And now that I look back, I was spoiled. Like I got everything I wanted. Got on really well with them and things like that. We just had so many laughs together, like and just uncontrollable laughs. And and we've always gone away on holidays together in the summer, in the winter. And 
and now that I'm older, I can see how developmental that was for me and like the respect now I have for women and for people and how close we are as a family. And even then COVID, us all going back and living together. So you have two older sisters, you know what it's like. Yeah. Brought us even closer now. We're all like, I'd say we're friends now more so than just siblings. Yeah. Which, which is really, really nice. Um, but you only kind of appreciate that as you get older, don't you? Totally. Okay, Greg, the first time you felt laughed at, can you recall? First time I felt laughed at is... So when I was in school, I had severe acne, like really, really bad, like from second year to fourth year, I'd say. So good three years. And it was like just five levels of acne. I had four out of five. All I was missing was cysts. Like my, it was so bad, so sore. And I went on a, a drug called Roaccutane. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yeah. Um, which it dries out all your, all your oil glands, but and it works by just basically taking away the oil out of your skin. But I had a bad reaction to it. So it got even worse for like six months. And I just like being in school like anyone I just got I got well looking back now I was getting bullied but I just put it down as slagging because I was with the lads it was dress room stuff they used to call me volcano face like stuff oh, like that's that yeah awful. but it is awful but at the time I didn't realise that I was getting it was technically bullying but I was just like ah, I just getting slagged by the lads like do you know what I mean in the dress room so I didn't take it bad so I didn't get the bad effects of it but I knew like the lads were laughing at me being like oh your skin is so bad and I remember my uh my best friend who I actually live with now, <laughs> he, he used to come into business class every, we had a twice a week in the business class and he'd sit beside me and he'd come in and he'd just be like, oh, just let me pop your spots, man. They're no! so bad. In the school, like every business class. I know class. that you're like, he's my best friend now. Yeah, <laughs> we're still best <laughs> friends to this day. Uh, and actually he went away in a retreat and he came back and after the retreat, he, he kind of pulled me aside. And he's like, look, I just want to apologize for that. It wasn't fair. Yeah, Aww. yeah. So he he knew it as well. But that was kind of the first time I was laughed at. Now that I look back, but I'm just very lucky that I was probably so ignorant to the fact that it was people slag. Like they were slagging me, but there was probably bullying. But I didn't. You really just mind. felt like it was part and parcel. Part and parcel growing up. And I'm just so glad it wasn't my sisters that got the acne. I got it. So I was a boy. It's a bit easier as a boy. You kind of just get on with it. Like boys are like mostly ugly. But at that age, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? We kind of get away. We kind of blossom as we get older. But like, Speak for yourself. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like girls, like you have to do makeup and everything. I know. Like, so it's easier for me to deal with it and I got rid of it. At that age though, that's tough because that's the age where you're very much trying to get the shift. What were you like in school? Like in terms, with girls and stuff? Um, yeah, so I had, a, I had a girlfriend for most of school for about five years in school. Did you? Yeah, from like 13, 14 to like 18, 19 kind of age. Like, yeah, she's a lovely girl. Like, high, high school sweetheart? We're not in America. What would you call it? Childhood sweetheart? <laughs> Spending way too much time watching Netflix series. Um, yeah, so she was actually so good now. Like, she never even mentioned the spot. She was always there for me. She was with me. Like, three out of the five years we were together, I had horrifically bad skin. Like, poor girl. Like, you know, and she was the hot girl in, in the school and stuff. Like, I just didn't look good oh. beside her, but she got away with it. Um, she was hot. <laughs> and, I love uh, casually you throw that away and, ah, she was a big ride like she was, <laughs> she was like put up with me like yeah she had to put up with me for three and then obviously on the racquetane like you makes your hormonal so not only do you have teenage hormones racquetane makes you even more hormonal does it okay like there's I won't get too into it but like you have to basically go see a therapist before being allowed to take it because people in America have gone like off the wall taking the stuff so I probably wasn't that nice to be around as well and yeah. she stuck with me for the whole time and then for the last two years, then I had nice skin, so it was fine. <laughs> one, one thing I've learned about being around you is that if you're in a relationship, you are like so committed to it and you're so, what are you laughing at? You are, you're so like, if you're with someone, you're like full on, this yeah. is it for me. Which, yeah, but that's, it's my detriment as well. Like that kind of, yeah, I go head over heels. Like it's really cringy, but I just love the idea of love. 
Yeah, you've said that before. Have I said it to you? Yeah, because I've cringed when you've said it. Yeah, you cringe again. <laughs> I'm cringing I just, now. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I love it. And it's been to my detriment because I've had three long-term girlfriends and none of them have worked out. And in hindsight, I'd probably just go in too hard. Like, do you know what I mean? I just want too much out of the relationship. Even though oh, they were like long-term, five, four, and two. But like, yeah, I probably need to chill out, man, a little bit. Um, Eventually, I will get back into a relationship. But like... I put in a shift, man. Over the last 13 years, 11 of them I've been in relationships. Like, Oh God, that is a lot. Do you know what I mean? With three different people. Like, that's like my whole like developmental years. I've just been like thinking of other people. And I, because I fall head over heels in love with people. I just think about them all the time. And yeah. I haven't really like looked at myself. So in the last year, I kind of have. And work's gone really well since then. So, um, And I think that's the key. Yeah. If you're feeling happier, if you're throwing yourself into work and enjoying it, if you're enjoying your friends or whatever, then you will attract the right kind of relationship, Greg. Okay, Greg, the moment when if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. So my grandmother passed away when I was in Love Island and I'm actually running the London Marathon in her honour uh, for Alzheimer's research. So she passed away living with Alzheimer's and ITV very kindly allowed me to fly home. Um, I went with two bodyguards, had a hat on, a glasses on, a scarf. Like went So in. hang on, hang on now. So you go in, right, yeah. into the villa. How many days are you in there when this happens? Like three days. Okay, you're only there three days. Yeah. This happens. How are you told that it's happened? So, uh, long, actually before that, I to get away from the team, so I was in uh, Toulouse with the Irish Sevens team and to get away from them, I told them that my grandmother was really sick and I had to go home. Where in actual fact I was going into Love Island, which was a really bad thing to say now. So I go into Love Island. But you're under contract. You can't say anything. Yeah. But okay. Like, like, I don't know if you believe in that stuff, but like, did I jinx it? Like, no, you didn't. Do you know what I mean? No. Anyway, three days into Love Island, uh, they pulled me out um, into a porter cabin. I'm like, this is really weird. Am I getting in trouble? Am I getting kicked out? Like, what's going on? And it was actually Caroline Flack's porter cabin. Um, and they... I had a Zoom call with my parents and they were like, look, uh, uh, Granny's after passing away. Oh, we I call her Nana. My Nana's after passing away. And I was just in convulsions of tears, like, because I felt like such an idiot. I was like, what am I doing on Love Island, going around here in my jocks, like, flirting with people, and, like, my parents are there at home, and my, my nan, I didn't, didn't get to see her in the last couple of days. Anyway, whatever. Uh, ITV are like, um, you can fly home, you don't have to continue the show, you can fly home and bury your grandmother. So, anyway, I fly home. It's not actually a sad story, but, like, fly home, and with two bodyguards all the way from the villa, they literally didn't leave my side until I got to the door of the funeral home. Went in, buried my grandmother. So hang on, did you were you you were fully undercover in the airport and everything, so people couldn't know that you were you had left the villa. Exactly, yeah, and they wanted to have the show as if I was still in there. There's a full episode of Love Island where I'm not in the full episode, and I'm I'm in the villa, but like you don't see me for the full thing because I'm away. I'm in Ireland. Yeah, it's mad. Um, two bodyguards the whole way to the door, undercover, like hat, glasses, scarf, but like obviously there was like young girls in the airport and stuff that started spotting me. They were like, "That's great!" And like the bodyguards had to grab me and like put me under like desks and stuff. It was mad because like that that is like the height of the fame I had. I was in the show at the time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I get there and like any other Irish funeral, there's like uh the the what the coffin's Wait. open. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is like such a weird snare. So we're all sitting there around my nana, who's obviously dead in the coffin, right? And my mom for some reason decides we should get a family photo. <laughs> so she goes outside, no, gets she... one of the bodyguards from Love Island and goes, Would you mind taking a family photo? So we all stand around the coffin. <laughs> And take a photo with my nana in the coffin. How weird is that? Like, why did she? Do that? I don't know. She she listens. She to this day is like, I don't know why I did that. Oh, she was just so emotional, grief, like, yeah. and like I think it's that thing of if you don't 
laugh, you'll cry. So she was obviously about to cry. She goes, this is, I'm not just going to take a photo. And everyone just laughed. We just took a photo with the coffin, which is the weirdest thing ever. Has obviously never gone anywhere. I'd say the bodyguard from Love Island thinks we're the weirdest family in the world. Like, on, imagine what he thought there. Like, Whose phone took it? Is it still It's is it there, somewhere? so it's, it's in the family. Somewhere. Yeah, a family have it somewhere, but like it hasn't gone anywhere. We all like straight away were like, that was the weirdest thing ever. Why did we do oh, that? Oh, God. Yeah, so it's kind of like we don't laugh, you'll cry. I know, like, you know and it's I mean? when you're stricken by grief. You do yeah. weird, you do strange things. Your poor mom. Funny enough, the second I went back into the villa, I don't know if you watched when I was on, but remember yeah, when... Yeah, no, Greg, I, I tuned in. Did you, yeah? Jordan, Jordan <laughs> Hames is going out with Anna, right? Jordan and, and Anna, yes. And, oh God, that was toxic, yeah, And yeah. then he was trying, he tried to get on to India without talking to Anna. Yes. And then I had the question of what was your thought process behind that? <laughs> that the was, gift. yeah, the, this gift, this meme. That was literally 60 seconds after I walked into the villa, after burying my, my grandmother. I walked in and I was like, what is going on in this place? Like when I left, you were going out with her. Now you're fighting. You're trying to get into India without talking to her. I was like, I literally, the genuine question was, what was your thought process behind that man? How did you think that was okay? And, and, that, and I just I was baffled with the whole thing. It was such an emotional 24 hours. Like Mad. Yeah. You were probably on this mad adrenaline rush. You, you probably still chat to him, do you? Yeah, I chat to a good few lads. I was actually with Jordan recently in London, uh, Chris Taylor, uh, Michael Griffiths even though people think we don't get on we get on really well uh, Joe Garrett all the lads basically I get on with don't really chat to any of the girls do you not? Honest. nah I don't I'm not going to pretend to be friends with them no. not that I don't like them it's just I was in the show for two weeks with them like yeah, it was all cameras it was all, yeah exactly you're not going to be friends with 36 people like you yeah. know um, but if staying in touch with the lads just because we shared a mad experience together uh, is there yeah. anything you regret about the, the experience? <sighs> I'd love to say no regrets but there probably is one I should have bit my tongue a bit longer and stayed in the relationship with Amber a bit longer. I was just way too honest and way too focused about going to the Olympics at the time, which worked because I did go in hindsight. But when she asked the question, posed the question to me being like, you're obviously going to ask me to be your girlfriend, do you? I was like, but sure, how is this going to work? Like, I'm trying to train to go to Olympics. You're in the UK. You're the it girl. Everyone's a bit of you. I was like, this isn't going to work. I was just way too honest, too, too early. But well, listen, like, well, I'm sorry. Listen to what you're saying. I know, but like, I sh but the reason why I should have bit my tongue a little bit longer is because that was literally the Thursday and on the Friday we're going on the Late Late Show. Why couldn't I bit my tongue for one day? I mean, you probably should have just done the Late Late Show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, you probably just should, have, should have done the Late Late Show. <laughs> Figured what? it out on the Saturday. That was, it was, it was Saturday's problem. Honestly, yeah, why I didn't know. I just go, oh yeah, come on over, do the Late Late Show and then afterwards, when we're together, we can have that conversation. Yeah. But stupid Greg just decided to answer honestly over FaceTime. Like, and that's when the whole Greg breaks up an Amber over text thing comes out. And I still had to go on the Late Late Show. Fairness to Ryan Tuberty, he took care of me. He brought me through the whole ah, situation. he minded you. He rang me before the show. He was like, it's okay, man, we got you. Ah, yeah, fair yeah. play to him. Because yeah. he knew the storm, like, it was an absolute storm of hate. Absolute. And it's still going on to this day. Like, it's mad. Over in the UK, I'm just branded as like, oh, you're Greg, the guy that broke up with Amber over text. And I'm just like, it wasn't over text. <laughs> it was over FaceTime. And it, we didn't break up because we weren't going out. <laughs> We were dating for two weeks. It is a thing, though, where people are kind of like, there is this absolute... Because the show is so big, people have this sense of ownership over you. It's like, but we gave you the win. Yeah, exactly. People think they own me, yeah, fully. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were fuming that I didn't stay with her. Like, absolutely. Like, I still lose a thousand followers a day, Darren. It's madness. And there's no one I can talk to about it because no one understands it. Like, do you know what I mean? And I'm just like, yeah, the other day, oh, refresh, lose a thousand followers. But then again, I actually had a good conversation with Rob Lipset about it. You know, Rob? Yeah. And I was talking to him about all this and he was like, but Greg, he stopped me and he was like, think about the net gain you've gotten. He's like, you went on a show for two weeks 
and now you have over 900,000 followers. He's yeah. like, that net gain is crazy. He's like, stop thinking about the 100 girls like they're 14 years old sitting in Bristol. Like they don't care about you and your career and your rugby. They weren't your followers yeah. to begin with is kind of, yeah. yeah exactly. There's, like, a, there's a girl I follow, um, Vix Mildrew, I think is her name. She's She gives advice on Instagram or whatever. And she talks about that kind of thing. And if you if it bothers you that people are unfollowing you or whatever, they weren't your people to begin with. They might have followed you out of curiosity. They followed you because you were on the biggest show in the whole UK of yeah. the UK. But they aren't really your people to begin with. And they're not going to you're not going to gain anything from them. Yeah. If you want to grow Instagram for your career or whatever, they're not really helping you anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, it's kind of hard to have that. And does mindset. it yeah, but does it and does it get to you day like day to day? Do you kind of go, what the hell is it all for if these people are just hemorrhaging away? Oh god, I'd actually love to not have social media. I wasn't active at all on Instagram before the Love Island thing. And now, obviously, because it's everyone has it, it's a really good career option. Like, but it's just so hard, man. And like, people are just so mean on it. But then again, you get the nugget of niceness and you're like, I don't know, it's actually fine. We're, we're kind of coming from different, different angles. You've completely built your whole career, your whole brand, and you're just always on the up. Where I went from absolutely nobody to 1.7 million followers, and now I'm just on trying to retain it. It's just on the way down trying to retain it. But why are you trying to retain it? Yeah, because. I'm like, okay, now I've been gifted with a platform that I can put out messages and content out there that might help people. And that's happened. And because you you want to be presenting, you want to be in the in the industry that way. Exactly. And then that put me like I wouldn't I don't even I'm only sitting here because I went on that show. I only did the radio with you because I went on that show. And I figured out that I love presenting. I love hosting. It gives me like an adrenaline buzz yeah. similar to sport. Yeah. If you mess up live on air, that's it, you're done. If you mess up in the morning, like everyone hears that and you're <laughs> trending on Twitter for the morning, like do you know what yeah. I mean? But that's a buzz. And I prefer that to sitting in an office. Yeah. So, I'm, like, so that's a really, like in hindsight, there's been so many more pros and cons that came out of the show. Yeah. I just was very naive as to the cons. And yeah. I just always have to sit down and flip my mindset and think of things that Rob Lipset and people like that have said to me being like, look at the positive side of it, Craig. And then I'm like, yeah. And I'm also like, get over yourself, Craig. There's a much more problems in the world like than your Instagram account. Like, I, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's all relative. And it's all like, it's easy to say that. You could say that about anything. But yeah. think about this, but think about that. You've mentioned before, uh, I think it was was it like your last birthday post you kind of said that you'd had a tough year sorry the reason I asked this is because obviously all of that how can how can that not fuck with your head <laughs> and fuck with your sense of self and your sense of worth and your sense of where am I going what is what's happening like yeah. and, and so have there been low points and how have you come through them or are you constantly trying to navigate that yeah uh, it's a big question um, yeah, I really struggle with finding someone that I can speak to that understands my situation. Like I have family members of my sisters that I spoke about, my best friends, even you, like people like that. We we had a good conversation that time in um, Nine Below. But then I really struggle to find someone that understands that I was a professional athlete for so many years, getting paid below minimum wage, but I got to the Olympics. So that's like such a weird thing in itself. But then I also went on the biggest show in the UK and won it in two weeks. And like, no one's experienced both of them are like 0.001% chance of happening I did both of them and no one in this world understands like my, both angles of it you understand like the media presenting the hosting that side of it but then you wouldn't understand the Olympic side of it but then, then again all my Olympic uh, Sevens friends understand that side but they don't get the hosting side of it Yeah, and it's so hard to speak to people about it and the only person I've actually been able to speak to is a therapist about it because they're obviously trained and they know how to converse with you and it, it it got pretty bad. I don't want to get too overly deep, like, because it's, oh, wow, 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 like, poor Greg, like, but it's just, when I retired after the Olympics last, 
August, I really struggled, like really badly struggled. And you'll understand in the sense that you always have to keep a public face. Always. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life, dear. And you have to be happy in the morning at 6 a.m. And if you're not, like, then you lose your job. And it's like, even with your podcast and everything. And I, I was like, that's what I was like. I can't, like, be like this. This isn't working. And then I was in, I moved to London, which um, was also a mad change in my life. I, I had this beautiful apartment in Battersea, living by myself. First time living by myself. I'm a small town boy. Now gone to the biggest, one of the biggest cities in the world. Living by myself, just retired from a career I didn't want to retire from. But because I was making minimum wage, I was like, okay, Greg, you're 27. You have to start thinking about what you're going to do when you're older. Trying to establish myself in that big city. Was in a relationship that was really, really bad for me at the time. We just weren't compatible in any way, but I didn't realize that. And I kind of used that relationship as the only secure thing in my life. Yeah. Because it was the only, like basically my location had changed. That wasn't secure. I had no career, so nothing to get up and work for. And also I had a relationship that wasn't right for me, but I was trying to hold on to it. So that even wasn't secure as well. And I was just in a spiral, like on the way down, like, and I was just like, this is crazy. I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going. Nothing was secure in my life. And I tried to reach out to a couple of mates, one way in particular, I don't want to name them, but like I asked them for help. I was like, look, I'm really struggling. I tried to reach out because people are like, oh, you need to talk. Like, and men don't talk. Yeah. I mean, men literally just call men sitting in this room. They'll understand men don't talk about their feelings. Like, do you know what I mean? And you know, the, the UFC guy, Paddy, Paddy the Baddy's his name. He just won a big UFC fight. And he just, his whole thing afterwards was about men don't speak about their feelings. And it's actually like, you can't go to your friends and talk about it because they'll be like, oh, man up. Like, even I, I premised this, what I'm talking about now with oh wow 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 Greg get over yeah, yourself yeah, just, I even did it naturally there like because yeah. men are supposed to be strong and just like not emotional and stop having problems get over yourself kind of thing and it's a big problem and I was like no Greg okay everyone says talk let's talk to someone I went to talk to a friend of mine that was actually a girl because I was like oh she might understand a really good friend of mine in London and she's not a friend anymore and she was like look I, I just can't be there for you I just you have to deal with your own problems I have my own stuff going on and it was such a weird thing for her to say to me and I was just like I just try. I just tried to open up to her, and she was like, "Look, I can't really be there for you. I have my own stuff going on." And I just that made me retract even further into myself. And I was like, "Well, I'm never going to try to talk to her ever again." I'm now embarrassed and also spiraling. Embarrassed, the embarrassment. I know. Yeah. And we and like maybe she had a load of stuff going on, and that's why she felt like she couldn't take it on. It's yeah. it's so hard, and that's why they say as well, if you do reach out for help to talk to someone, it can take a lot of time to to meet an actual to meet a therapist yeah. that you actually connect with. Yeah. And, but then oh it's just so grim because like how much it costs for people so what they actually get the courage to go and speak to someone and then it's they don't connect so they're like well why have I tried this yeah. do they even try a second person it is tough it's crazy and it just it put me further back into myself and so I was just also aspiring now I didn't want to talk to anyone I was alone in London and I didn't have a career I didn't know what I was doing oh and also on top of that I'd gone to meet with like agencies in London and three agencies in a row said to me, it was mad. Literally in the same day, three in a row. I was like, they all talking to each other. They must have a WhatsApp group or something. <laughs> they like, I walked in and they all were like, all right, you're an Olympian. That's pretty cool. You won Love Island. That's pretty cool. But like, who are you now? Like, what are you doing? How are we supposed to sell you? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I actually, that, Sorry, that's what you're there for, for them to help you. Yeah. And they were like, we don't know how to sell you. Like, we're, And three in a row said it to me. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, it's a big question of like, who am I? Where am I going? What am I doing? Like, so 
uh, after reaching out to that person didn't help all these agencies didn't want me I didn't know what I was doing where I was going but also I still had to be this public figure and everyone's like oh you're an Olympian you want to love on you're doing so well you're so successful I was like you have no idea what's going on in this head <laughs> I know I know, I know. Um, it's so true it's so bad isn't it and then I remember one time I was back in Dublin and I was driving around and it got really, really bad. It got overwhelming at one side. I was behind the wheel of the car and I was like, all right, this is going one or two ways now, great. And I don't want to get too dark in the podcast, but it was basically a decision of, all right, this is all over or bring yourself to the doctor right now. And thank God I did. I drove myself to the doctor. I was like, I need to speak to someone right now. And they helped, thank God it was, they helped me. And like not getting into too much detail, I had to go on pretty heavy medication and that didn't even work. They had to double the medication and it got really, really bad for like a few months. All this time, no one knew. Like no one knew. A best friend I lived with didn't know. I told my mom because for some reason, like you always just have to talk to your mom, but no one else knew. Like, And it was I was on it for a few months. I was on it for a few months just trying to get my life together. And I remember sitting down one day, I woke up and all this was going And I was seeing the therapist. I was on this medication that got doubled after a while. And... I kind of woke up one day and I was like, all right, Greg, you just have to man up, man. And it was, you, you think I'm going to make this up. I literally remember you saying to me the quote that you always live by, no one gives a fuck about you. Do you remember you told me that? And I remember, and I was like, dear, it's all right. No one gives a fuck. And it's not like in a sense that, oh, poor you. It's like, no one's going to do it for you, man. No one's going to do it for you. And it was such a hit in the face. I was like, no one's going to come to this door Greg, and give you a job so you have to go make it fucking happen for yourself and I sat down I sat, I'm going to start getting emotional now I sat down with a piece of paper and a pen and I just started writing on the piece of paper I was like what do I care about and I just wrote down family friends and I was like I love fitness and I love presenting and I wrote them down and I basically decided with three pillars I was like I'm, I'm going to surround myself with my family and friends I'm going to try my best to start doing presenting and hosting and I'm also going to create a fitness app and try and put fitness out there right and also then I have my brand deals as well to kind of align with those things and I'm just going to go hell for leather and because no agency wanted to really work with me as well I was like how do you get anything in this world it's about who you know so I uh what I did was I literally started looking through my phone and like it was this raw I just started looking through my phone contact book and I was like who do I know who do I know who do I, I was like this person I know that person knows that person who's there this person knows them and they owe me a favor literally started ringing people I was like give me a shot any chance and after a while like, oh I don't know I don't know if we can and then one or two people started cracking the door open for me and I just burst through it and I was literally sending emails to everyone I was like give me a chance give me a shot I need to do this like you need a show you need to give me a chance eventually it started coming like eventually the work started coming through and now I've gotten to the stage where after the new year just before my birthday the birthday post you brought up there I took myself off those drugs off, off my own accord I was like I don't want to be taken and I remember it was really dramatic like for me I was like I just got them and I threw them in the bin and I was like that's it no more I'm not taking them anymore I don't need them anymore and I just went for it and it all started it all started coming in and I'm not saying I figured it out but I basically was like no one's going to do it for you man no one gives a fuck about you and I just started creating the life for myself and it seems to be at a place now that I'm really happy and that was that post was about I'm finally at a place where I'm really happy I'm no longer in that relationship that was really bad for me I kind of made sure I spent most of my time in Dublin around family and friends and I'm just doing work I love you know what I mean and even with the app I have Better at Greg I'm not making any money off that like 
Do you know what I mean? It's not like people think, oh, you must be making loads of money. I'm not. I haven't made one cent off it, but it's I'm putting it's a passion it, project. It's a passion project, and I love it. I'm putting out content. I'm going to train anyway. So, and like I remember the other day, one woman uh, DM me saying that she dropped two uh, sizes and can fit into her wedding dress now after doing my workouts. I love. And I was that. just like, this. It's all worth it. <laughs> she was the one person to do my workouts. That's fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was a really, really tough time for me. But I also think now, in hindsight, that people have to go through stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And now I have so much more sympathy for people, so much more empathy for people. Anyone asks me for something, I'll do it for them. I'm like, what do you need? I mean, if I can help you, I'll help you. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it's, so it's been really good in that sense. And I'm just glad that I had enough kind of get up and go get it. And listening to you saying no one gives a fuck about you kind of thing. It all, it has, I haven't figured it out, but I'm definitely in a better place now, you know? That's actually a Eugene Garrity classic and I, and I stole it, but I'm glad that I passed it up. Yeah, it's good. <sighs> Greg That was intense What the hell is your No laughing matter moment mm. <laughs> Was that your No laughing matter moment um, Yeah Yeah It kind of was basically Okay okay So we'll back reference That, that yeah. was your No laughing matter moment In life That was my no Yeah you kind of Jumped into that That was I have it here in, my, in the homework I did for the show Yeah that was the No laughing matter Where it wasn't funny Like yeah. you know I mean? It was like I gotta, I gotta sort this stuff out Or it's gonna be Or it'll be a headline <laughs> Okay Greg Yeah wow Greg the person you always laugh with on a lighter note. Yeah, this is a good one. So I was only chatting him before coming in. So the person I always laugh with, it was tough. There was a few people that were, uh, were putting their hand up for it in my head, but a guy called James Frawley, who was one of my best friends from when I was a kid in school. Like we know each other since we were 12. And it's going to sound really weird, but he just slags me no matter what's going on in my life. <laughs> if I'm doing well, he slags me. If I'm doing poorly, he slags me. Because <laughs> he knows I'm. it just will get a laugh out of me. For instance, like... One thing, I just wrote down a couple of examples. <laughs> when I went through a really big breakup, right? This girl, my second relationship, I was once again head over heels in love with this girl, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, so much so I saved up to buy a ring. I was going to propose to her. I was like 24. Mad. What was I doing? Jesus. Thank God they didn't play, play out that way. But um, <laughs> she, she uh, rang me on a Monday morning, I'll never forget, broke up with me over the phone and then blocked me on everything. Like... After four years going out with her, blocked me on WhatsApp, Facebook, Snapchat, like all the way down to email. Could not get this girl on the phone. It was bizarre. Gone. Gone off the face of the earth. She was obviously somewhere, like, but she didn't want to talk to me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I told, I rang, I, I texted my friend James Frawley, right? And he sent me this, do you know a song? by Dean Lewis called Be Alright yeah that's about like breakups and he just sent me that and he knew it would just fucking tear me to pieces like the songs all he said. the songs literally like oh man it's alright just get over it like and move oh, on oh yeah cause it's over mate yeah that it's one. over mate like do you know that song yeah oh yeah just forget. what is like, it like forget about it get over it it's done like move on and I literally like and that's what he just sent and he'd send it to me every couple of days and I'm every just like, oh, it's was so ridiculous that it was hilarious like and he just keeps sending it to me <laughs> it's so helpful what is that like? and I was in bits I was distraught like but every time he sent it to me I just thought it was so funny like <laughs> you need friends like that okay Greg uh, a time where you had the last laugh the time when I had the last laugh um, was so it's more it's a Love Island one again because people will kind of understand that and we kind of touched on this earlier. So 
obviously after the show I didn't follow the path you're supposed to the unwritten rules of win the show you move to London you do the red carpet events you're the it couple and you kind of like low-key promote the show yeah you get a contract with Boohoo Man yeah <laughs> you get the contract you have to say I had those six-figure deals sitting in front of me and I said no to them like it makes me sick to this day but does it make you sick Darren if you knew how much money I turned down honestly oh my god but like okay wait, wait. what was your thought process <laughs> 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 I just need the backwards clap <laughs> Yeah It was just It was kind of the whole thing of If money wasn't an ob- uh, object What would you do? What would be your decision? Yeah. And it was just always Picking happiness over money And I was like I know what I want to do Is go to the Olympics And that no one's going to get in the way You can't put You can't buy the Olympic status Like I was like I'm going for it It's been 10 years of my life Longer I'm going for it Well then um, you can't be sickened When you look back Like you, t- you can't regret it I know It's it's that kind of like Ah but great come on Like look what you did And I'm like alright fair enough But this is why I'm saying I got the last laugh So uh, I, did, I didn't I did do the Love Island thing And I didn't go to any event After the show Not one I didn't turn up to one of them And I won the show Which probably I kind of love it though I kind of <sighs> love that you were just like No it's not for me And they're all like are you are you what the fuck is wrong with you and you're just like no I'm just gonna do the late late <laughs> yeah we don't talk to Ryan Toverley and didn't come back like oh it's actually so bad no wonder I just hated me like um, and bro- like didn't stay with the girl like it was like gone like seeing no like mm, it's not for me yeah <laughs> I was just so laser focused and like doing what I'd done before the show like the show was fun it was in my off season it was two weeks I didn't plan on winning the thing like it's not my fault so not my fault you liked me like come on <laughs> And I also think that it was just so, I was so <laughs> contrasting to the English lads in the sense like I wake up in the morning and ask Amber if she wanted a cup of tea like something so <laughs> normal that's yeah. over here but I suppose the lads there I don't know I just I think it was just normal any of the lads in Ireland that went into the show I think would have done what I did yeah yeah and I think it just happened to work it happened to win it but there was never the plan like I was yeah. like lads this is great thanks so much I'll take half the money <laughs> And the the girl's great, she's beautiful, but like it's not part of my plan. I'm okay. sorry, I'm going home. Grant. So what's the last laugh then? And then yeah, people absolutely lambasted me online. She saw it like yeah. like hashtag unfollow Greg was trending on Twitter. Like people hated me, like death threats, everything. And people were like, You're an absolute idiot, you have to throw away the golden ticket, like you're you're such a muppet, like what yeah. are you doing? But you fast forward two years later, I end up going to the Olympics, like and I'm just kinda sitting there being like, I told you I was gonna do it. And even in hindsight, it was a bit nuts that I did that because, first of all, the team hadn't qualified for Tokyo yet, the Tokyo Olympics, and I still hadn't made the team. There were two massive things that had to happen for me to get to the Olympics. <laughs> and I was just like, nah, I'm going home and go to the Olympics. As if I qualified. Like, what the hell was wrong with me? But it's probably that thing that you're manifested it so much. It's like, no, nah, I'm going. Like, yeah. Um, so that's kind of me having the last laugh personally to all these people that hated me and called me an idiot and like you threw away the golden ticket and you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Well, I won't because... I did what I said the I was The achievement do. and the memories. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, Greg, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be? Um, so I kind of have two here. The ma- the first one I have would be, it's probably, probably you're going to be like, but it's exercise for me. No, I would, I'm not like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Roll the eyes. Like, yeah. <laughs> exercise. I just think if exercise was put in pill form, you wouldn't be able to stock it on the shelf. Like the benefits of exercise, physically and mentally, are just astonishing. Like, and I try to say it to anyone who doesn't train, I'm like, just try exercising. I'm telling you, you'll feel better. Like, um, so I just think if you're feeling down on yourself, I know if I don't train for two or three days, I feel like crap. Head starts playing with me, demons start playing with me. I feel like 
like shite I feel like not productive in any way I'll go train and instantly I'll be back to myself like yeah, yeah it's just oh, I just think it's the best medicine obviously along with laughter like and hanging out with friends that's kind of the second one is blowout with the lads which I just had so me and the boys my like day one huns we went to Tomorrowland <laughs> <laughs> we went to Tomorrowland I dyed the hair had the quarter life crisis like fully blonde hair and just went for it like Good. just in Belgium barely anyone knew who I was there's a couple of Irish people there but they understood the scenario and like just went crazy and it was just such a blowout with the lads and I came back refreshed and and like they were kind of the two things exercise but then sometimes you just need to go away and have some crack with the boys like the throwaway kind of barely anyone knew who I was is actually such a massive thing and especially in Ireland and like oh god I'm gonna sound like a dick saying it now but like <laughs> the, even the night that you and I went for a drink there recently right we carnage was... <laughs> carnage <laughs> sorry what were you doing thinking we'd go to toners by the way like, you are no. I kind of in my mind was like we'll just go for one in toners there was something on as well it was like was there some football game around the I place was, was mobbed on. Like. sure we, we couldn't come up for air Greg. Yeah, right, yeah. Desperate. But it's a good problem. No, like it's a great problem. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for your quick fire round? Yeah, I am. Okay, Greg, the actor that always makes you laugh. Miles Teller. Nice one. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's recently in Top Gun, but my yeah. favorite movie with him is the one called The Awkward Moment. It's with Michael B. Jordan and Zac Efron. That. Oh, I haven't seen that oh, one. Oh, God. Walk home and watch it. It's my, my dad so always listens to the podcast and he'll be like, you fucking never know. What the, what, the, what the movies that people are talking about at the end he's like will you not ask them the quick fire in advance so you can watch the movies I'm like dad no I want to have an authentic reaction I will go and watch that do it's really really good I got some of my mates to watch it and three massive stars Zac Efron Michael yeah. B. Jordan and Miles Teller and it's all about relationships and stuff and it's really really funny go watch it Eugene you'll love it as well <laughs> the actress that you always laugh at Greg Melissa McCarthy ah uh, yeah oh man she has me in stitches like <laughs> bridesmaids yeah how funny is she in that? She's just the best. She'd have you crying like every time. Yeah, and it's just the way she, it's like one of those people. The way she speaks is funny. <laughs> you know, you, you just have to look at her and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's like it's like Carl Mullen has that. Yeah, you just does. look at him and you start laughing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone in this world that doesn't like Carl Mullen. By the way, <laughs> not a single. I know we can't say too much. He'll get a fucking. He's, his head is exploding these yeah, days. Yeah, calm down, Carl. No, he needs fucking. The followers are shooting up as well. Yeah, actually, that's who you talk to. I will. He's <laughs> just not. That's who you talk to yeah. about your follower issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Greg, the comedian that always makes you laugh. Oh, it's so hard to narrow this down, but I came. I have a male and a female one. My male one is Tommy Tiernan. Amazing. Oh man, he's crazy. He's just different gravy. Like, yeah. Have you ever seen him live? Uh, I've never seen him live, but I've watched his live shows on TV. Yeah. Oh man, he's just. I so need smart. to go see him live. If Joanne McNally would just get out of Vicker Street, maybe, <laughs> maybe you could do a night. Oh my God, her tenure in Vicker Street. Come on, she popped over to Ibiza for a little bit, but came back again. Like, oh my God. Well, that funny enough, you say it, my second one is Joanne McNally, yeah. and it goes to the night where we ended up sitting beside each other at Joanne McNally's gig, yeah, completely yeah. unbeknownst to each other, yeah. um, and I laughed for the whole thing. The entire. Yeah, we nearly fell over the balcony laughing like <laughs> honestly yeah, did I just think she that's why she has this she owns Vicker Street basically yeah. it's just and I think what's the best thing about Joanne is that she just slags herself yeah. and that's why she gets away with it and people love her like oh she's just an icon yeah she, she really is like and she's just so deserving of this moment yeah exactly she completely deserves it she's hilarious even when we went into the green room afterwards yeah everything she was saying was funny <laughs> I was like, does she ever not be funny? Like, you be wrecked walking around with her, like, just laughing wrecked. all the time. And yeah. finally, Greg O'Shea, your best or worst joke? This is a tough one. It's really, I, I, I'm not naturally funny, Darren. Okay, let's just put that out there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Um, so it's, I'm going with worst joke. 
Alright, so there's this husband and wife, right? And they're sitting around the kitchen table and the husband says to the wife, I bet you you can say something that will make me both happy and sad at the same time. And the wife sits back and thinks for a second and she goes, your penis is bigger than your brother's. Uh, that's good is that right good it was the worst but it's actually it should be more of a best that's actually really good because it's a bit of a thing you have to think about it (laughs) I like that one yeah it gets you thinking the brain going Uh, Greg I'm actually sorry it's taken this long to invite you on as a guest it shouldn't have taken me so long better late than never I love it and you know what I actually am glad in a way because some of the stuff you shared I'm really I appreciate you sharing them and I feel like if you'd been on any earlier, maybe you wouldn't have shared it. No, no. I said some stuff in this podcast that no, no one really knows. And it's first time talking about it. So you just have that way of interviewing, dear. Thank you, Greg. Well done. Thank you so, so much for sharing yeah. the laughs of your life. No, I loved it. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Laughs of Your Life podcast with Greg O'Shea. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate and review. It really helps the show if you do. This podcast is produced by Chemistry Media and Collaborative Studios, and this season of The Laughs of Your Life is brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco. Mm-hmm.